So I want us to take our Bible tonight and look at Matthew chapter 17. I'll tell you that story so we can get started. Matthew 17, I'm going to ask you to stand. And we'll reverence reading God's Word. And then we'll be in Mark chapter 9. Matthew 17 and then Mark chapter 9. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to look at, uh, we're going to look at, you can look at it in the negative aspect, reckon why we don't see God move, or what does it take to see God move. And so in Matthew chapter 17, look with me in verse 14. Now they've been on top of the Mount of Transfiguration. They have come down. Uh, Peter, James, and John with Jesus on Mount of Transfiguration. They have come down in verse 14. And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man, kneeling uh, down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed. For oft time he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. And then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured uh, from that very hour. And then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could, we, why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. Then take your Bible and go to the book of Mark chapter 9, if you would. Mark chapter 9. Mark gives us a little more uh, in-depth on this, starting in verse 17. Mark chapter 9 and verse 17. And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he taketh him, he tareth him, and he foameth, and gnasheth with his teeth, and pineth away. You know what that word pineth away means? He, he wires away, or he's wasting away. He's coming to nothing. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. And he answereth him, and saith, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. They brought him unto him, and when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, how long, ago, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, of a child. And oft times it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Boy, ain't that what we needed from the Lord. When the night we got saved, or the day we got saved, was compassion and for God to help us. Still need that. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him, and enter no more in him. The spirit cried and rent him sore, and came out of him, and he was one as, uh, as one dead, insomuch that many said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he was coming to the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could not we cast him out? And he said unto them, this kind, this kind can come forth by nothing 
but by prayer and fasting. You can be seated tonight. Lord, I pray you'd help us now for just a little while. Uh, we certainly need a touch from heaven. Help us preach. And Lord, I pray you'd help uh, ears to be open, but not only ears, but hearts to be receptive to the word of God. If there's one here lost that does not know you, I pray they'd come to be saved, that they'd move tonight and trust you. Lord, I pray you'd help the one that needs help. And let us see from the word what we need to see tonight. Lord, we love you. Just touch and know us afresh for these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. As I ask the question, reckon why we don't see God move or how do we see God move, can uh, I answer just tonight or say something tonight that God has not changed. Uh, The same God of the Old Testament is still the same God of the New Testament and the same God that was 50 and 75 and 100 years ago is still the same God today. God is not tired. Uh, God's hands are not tied. Uh, And God is still paying attention like He always has. What was it in the book of Malachi chapter 3? The Bible said, For I am the Lord and I change not. Therefore you sons of Jacob are not consumed. He said, I am the Lord and I don't change. So it begs the question tonight that uh, when, when, when uh, old time revival, when old time Holy Spirit uh, revival would fall and God would move, uh, that it would seem to me that it had something to do with the people more than it had to do with God. What do you mean? God's still the same. God ain't changed. Uh, Listen, I believe that he's sitting up in heaven. He's watching everything that's going on. Uh, He would like to move. He wants to move. Uh, uh, But friend, I think sometimes, uh, if not most of the time and all the time, uh, uh, to see God move uh, falls on us. I go back and I look and that in the book of Isaiah that first of all, quickly by way of introduction, I'm not going to dwell here long, uh, that listen, that sin in our life keeps him from moving. What was it the book of Isaiah said? Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither is ear heavy that it cannot hear. Listen, God can save, God can hear. But then the Bible said, But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. And I believe that sometimes sin in church, sin in believers' lives, and that keeps God from moving. Listen, I want church to just be something uh, uh, more than just coming on Sunday uh, and Wednesday. I want my Christian life and my life uh, in Christ and for Christ uh, uh, to be more than just coming to church uh, and going home uh, uh, and not knowing the power of God. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20, he said, uh, And unto him that can do exceedingly abundantly above what we can ask or think uh, by the power that worketh in us. Uh, He said the power, listen, because of God's uh, ability, friend, there is power uh, in the Lord tonight. But three things that I want to look at tonight that I think that it takes uh, to see God move or reckon why God don't move sometimes. First of all, we go back to the book of Matthew chapter 17 and when His disciples came and asked, why could not we cast Him out? And by the way, I want you to understand something. Matthew 10, we're in Matthew 17 here, but in Matthew 10, the Bible said, when He had called unto Him His twelve disciples, He gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. They had power to do it. But something's going on right here. Now I want you to understand something 
that, that, that we can't sing heaven down. And I can't preach heaven down. If God ain't in it, then uh, we're basically wasting our time tonight. And I think some of you understand what I'm talking about. And I hope everybody sitting in here does tonight. Because I love it when God comes by. I love it when we get to see Him move. Let me ask you tonight, have you ever prayed uh, and sought God and just needed Him to move uh, and needed God to do something for you uh, uh, and do something that was beyond you? Uh, uh, and I mean, and you ask Him uh, uh, in earnestness uh, uh, and in faith and just ask Jesus to do that, and He did. You ever had that happen? I had. I've seen Him move more than once. I mean, that was beyond my control that I could not make things happen. I, I, and listen, and I, it may seem so little to you sometimes about uh, what I might ask Him and vice versa, uh, but when it's important to us, I think it's important to Him tonight. But the first thing we look at in the book of Matthew 17, so why do we not see God move or what does it take to get God to move? Notice what He said in verse 20, because of your unbelief. Uh, first of all, let me say that the reason God didn't move was because of their lack of faith. You want to see God move? You've got to have faith. Uh, Hebrews chapter 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, yet the evidence uh, uh, of things not seen. You go to verse 6, and the Bible said, But without faith uh, it is impossible to please Him, for he that cometh to God must believe that He is, uh, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. There's a couple of things there. How's your faith tonight in the Lord? Do you believe God can? Do you believe that verse in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20? I mean, do you realize what that verse is saying? That is such a loaded verse tonight uh, when it says over here that uh, now unto Him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. He said, look, He can do abundantly above, exceedingly abundantly above what you ask. He can go beyond what you ask Him, but He will go beyond what you think He can go beyond tonight. Think about that for a minute. That's the Lord and Savior that saved you by faith. You placed your faith in Him. If you're saved tonight, you placed your faith in Him. Ask Him to save you. Put your, put your eternity in Him. And this is the same Jesus tonight that can move. But why don't we see Him move sometimes? I think it is... Our faith is weak. He said without faith it is impossible to please Him. As I had a friend of mine call me one day. He's, he's not a preacher, but he told me in a conversation we were in, uh, he said, Mark, he said, I, I believe, and I've told you all this before, he said, I believe my biggest problem has been that I never learned to trust the Lord. I mean, he's saved. I mean, he can give you a clear presentation of salvation. But he said, everything has went well all my life. Everything's been good. Everything's been all right. Everything has fell into place. And he had never really learned how to pray. He had never really learned how to have faith and trust God. Some of you all tonight can remember having to pray and trust God just to keep your lights on. It, do, it would do some of you good to do that sometimes. Now listen, I don't like hard times. I hate hard times. I don't want to go back to hard times. We and my wife are not rich, but man, uh, it ain't like it used to be. I'll just tell you that right now. 
And that's only because of the blessing of God. I told a fellow the other day, I said, me and my wife's got more than we've ever had right now. And I believe that most of that is because we determined not only to tithe like we were supposed to tithe, but we determined to give to missions. You get that message from last Sunday and you'll get that. I believe that. You don't have to believe that. I don't even know if my wife believes that tonight. But I believe that tonight because we determined to give to missions. God has made things possible. But faith. He said, boys, the reason you cannot cast out that devil is because of your unbelief. By faith we got saved. By faith we trust Him. But listen tonight. Let me ask you this question. When you get down to pray for somebody that's lost, do you think God can save them? Well, if it was your child, you probably could. If it was your neighbor that was a pretty good old boy or a good old girl, you probably think God could save them. I was introduced the other day to a fellow who is homeless who thinks he is Gabriel the messenger. You think God can save him? See, it's one thing for us to say that, yeah, God, God can save him. We know God can save him. But do we put our faith in that? You know, putting our faith in the Lord simply means that we take it out of our hands and put it into His. We've got to trust Him. One of the hardest things to do is to trust somebody else to do something. Especially when you need, not only want to see it done, but need to see it done, it's real hard to turn loose of that thing. Hey, listen, I'm going to tell you, if you go back to 1 Samuel chapter 1, and you look at Hannah's life, and you look at the shape that she was in, all the fretting and all the worry and all the bitterness that she was in, but when she finally went to the altar over there and prayed, and by faith, just put it in the hands of God, God done something for her. You know how we're going to see God move? By faith. By faith. And what did he say in Hebrews chapter 11? Without faith in Paul, please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is what? A rewarder of them that what? Diligently seek him. You've got to believe that he is. You've got to believe God can move. You've got to believe God can work. You've got to believe God can do it. You believe that? How much do we diligently seek God? Sometimes our faith gets weak. We're like that father, as we see in the book of Mark. What was it that Jesus said, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the the father of the child cried out and said, With tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. I think that's how we are sometimes. Lord, we believe, but we've got some unbelief with us too. Luke 17 and 5, the disciples come over there to the Lord. The apostles did and said, increase our faith. Romans 10, 17 said, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You want your faith increased, you've got to read your Bible. Was it D.L. Moody, I believe, that was uh, said that he was praying for faith and praying for faith and praying for faith and his weak faith never got stronger but one day he had read in Romans 10, 17, so then faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. He began to read and his faith got strengthened. Let me ask you something. You, you, you ever prayed, and I asked you this a few minutes ago, 
You ever prayed and God answered your prayer? Does that not do something for you? Does me? I mean to pray and God show up and does something for me. I mean, listen, something that He heard my He heard my prayer. It was not coincidence. That thing just didn't happen. I, I, it couldn't have just happened. God heard my prayer. You want to see God move? You want to see God move in this church? You want to see God work? It comes by faith. It comes by just placing our faith in Him. Saying, Lord, we need You to do the work. We're going to do our part. But the part that we can't do, that's what we need You to do. But we look at the Father over here again in Mark 9. And can I say number two, not only are we to have faith. And I really don't, I really don't know how to explain faith other than the fact that we've just got to believe Him and, and trust Him. That's it. we just got to put it in His hands. He said He'd handle it, and so we need to let Him handle it. But then I want you to see something right here with this father. I believe number two, we see that this father had a burden. When's the last time we ever had a burden? I'm talking about something that wore us out. I'm talking about we got so concerned about somebody's salvation that boy, we wanted just, I mean, we just begged God all the time to save them. And we just, we witnessed to them and told them about what Jesus could do. We called out their name on Wednesday night in prayer meeting time that boy, we wanted to see them saved. That I believe that this father right here had a burden for his son. I mean, he's seen what was taking place. Uh, he's seen, I mean, he's been like this since he was a child. And, you know, the, the Bible said right here that, and wheresoever he taketh him, he tireth him, and he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth, and uh, he pineth away. You say it, and you watch these people day in and day out, and maybe family, maybe a child, maybe a wayward child, maybe a lost child, maybe a, a lost mother or dad, and uh, maybe maybe somebody that you work with or a family, I don't know, but uh, or maybe it's a need uh, that you have that is beyond you, and, and it is just such a, a burden. It's a burden that it just lives with you all the time. When's the last time we ever had anything do that? When's the last time you ever lived with a burden? You know, sometimes you have to ask the Lord, say, Lord, you're going to have to burden my heart with this. But I think this father, he had a burden because, you know, when he comes down to verse 22, the Lord asked him how long ago it had been. And he said, and oftentimes it cast him into the fire and into the, into the waters to do what? To destroy him. He's, he said, and he has watched his son get destroyed. I think any good mom and dad would have had a burden at this point. I think it would be wearing them out as, as a matter of fact. And uh, listen tonight, I, I think one of the reasons we don't see God move is we just don't have a burden to see God move. And when I say we, I mean all of us. You preacher included. One of the things that worries me more than anything about myself is, is that we come in here and we don't leave different and better than we did when we came in. We just come to church and we went home and we checked off a quota and we go home and we're none the better. God hadn't come by. Can I ask you all a question? Did, did you pray for the service today? This past week? Did you? I, I'm, I'm not beating up on you. I'm just asking you a question. Some of you just did. I have no doubt. Lord, help our preacher. He needs all the help he can get. Did you ask God to come by? 
You ask God to do something. You ask God to save somebody. You ask God to help somebody that needed some help. Do you have a burden for our church? Hey, listen, if if I said this, do you think God can save so-and-so? How do you fill that blank in? Do you think God can work in your problem? He had such a burden. He said, Lord, if you can do anything, if there's anything you can do for us, Have compassion on us and please do it. Help us. Boy, he had such a burden. He cries out to the Lord. When's the last time you cried out? And you know what he done right here? You know what the Bible said right here? And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears. When's the last time we become burdened over somebody or something or some situation that we're willing to cry over it? That we're willing to shed tears over it? You know, it was David over there, I believe in Psalms 56, said, Thou tellest my wanderings, put thou my tears into thy bottle, are they not in thy book? You know, God records all that stuff. Sister Kathy sings a song sometimes, Tears is a language that God understands. I'm talking about how are we going to get God to move? How are we going to see God move? We're going to have to believe Him and trust Him, but then we're going to have to be burdened. I think sometimes, and this is the sad part, now I want you to listen to me. I think sometimes we lack that burden because we're tied up with so many other things. We've got so much going on in life. We've got so much going on that everything else takes precedence uh, over that burden. We, we, we don't have the concern that uh, we need to have. You know, Luke 18 said, or Luke 8, when he's talking about the sower, and I know he's talking about sowing the Word, but he said, and that which fell among the thorns are they, uh, which when they heard go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and no fruit to perfection. I think sometimes there are just some things out of this world that chokes us. It chokes our burden now. We get too concerned with other things. I think sometimes we just got too much. Me and my wife, we were having a conversation. I believe it was yesterday. First pretty day we'd had in a while that had any warmth to it. And me and her got out and rode around just a little bit. And we got to talking about all these storage places that are being built. You know, me and her live out in the country. In the country. And three miles further out in the country from us, they built storage buildings out there. Four big long rows of storage buildings. Sweetwater. I go through Sweetwater sometimes and there's a storage place out there and they're just busting at the seams. What, what, what do we need all these storage? How much stuff do we have, friend? You can have all the stuff you want. I don't care. I really don't care. But I think sometimes we just got too much. We got too much stuff. We got too much going on. We've got too much occupying our mind. We've just got too much, too much, too much, and we cannot focus nor be burdened for the things that we need to be burdened for. When is the last time that you got a burden? I'm, I'm talking about to where it stayed with you. And that brings me to number three. You know what he told his disciples in both these passages right here? 
In verse 29 of the book of Mark, he said, This kind come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. So when's the last time that we prayed and fasted? He said, well, I pray all the time. I understand. 1 Thessalonians 5 said, pray without ceasing. Philippians 4 said, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. I understand more to pray. I get that. I know that. I have a prayer time. I try to have a prayer time. I was so tired the other day when I come in, I, I, I had to go to sleep first before I told my wife, I said, if I don't lay down and take a nap first, I'll never make it through prayer time. I said, I'll go to sleep for sure. And I still went to sleep. I took a nap, still went to sleep when I prayed. Had to wake up, pray some more. There was one time it was so bad. It was so bad I couldn't hold my eyes. I finally just stood up in my study. I had to finish my prayer time. I figured, man, if I fall asleep uh, praying, standing up, then I'm going to bed. I'd be like, Brother Earl Hughes, Lord, I'm tired. I'll see you in the morning. You know, if we're ever going to see God move, we've got to learn to pray. You may already know how to pray, but I'll be honest with you, church, I've had to learn how to pray. I've, I, over the years, I've had to learn how to pray. You know, Hannah went over to the tabernacle and she prayed. And she prayed in faith and God heard her prayer. Elijah, in, in 1 Kings chapter 18, not only did he pray and fire fell from heaven, but if you go to the last part of that chapter, you'll find out that he prayed and it rained. It hadn't rained in three and a half years. And he prayed, uh, had seven, prayed seven times over there. He sought God seven times. You know what? Uh, a cloud like unto a man's hand come up out of the water uh, and then all of a sudden here come the rain. Hannah went down there and prayed one time and God heard her prayer. Elijah had to pray seven times. Pray seven times for God to hear his prayer. Acts chapter 12, Acts chapter 12, the early church was praying for Peter to get out of prison. That already killed James. Seemed almost futile for the church to be praying for Peter. I mean, he'd already killed James. Go ahead and read Acts 12. But the Bible said that that prayer was made of the early church. And then you go on further over in the chapter and you'll find out not only was prayer made of the early church, but they prayed all night. When's the last time we prayed all night? When, can I ask you this? When's the last time you fell asleep praying and woke up praying? Well, I can remember that. When's the last time we've lost sleep for our prayer time? I'm talking, about, I'm talking about seeing God move. I'm talking about seeing God do something in our community, do something in our church, do something in our family, do something uh, for us to send revival to us. Uh, you say, well, we're living in the last time. I don't mean we can't have revival. I don't mean God can't save your neighbor. When was the last time we prayed all night? I want to ask you a question. Now, I want you to answer this in your heart, but not out loud. If I called for us to have a special prayer meeting an extra day through the week or maybe on a Saturday to come and pray for revival or for mission conference or uh, for an evangelistic crusade or for God to move in our church and our community, would you come? I ain't talking, I ain't talking about Bible teaching. I, I'm, not talking about, I'm not talking about doing anything else but just praying. 
Well, I can pray at home. I know you can pray at home, but would you come? I'm talking about putting forth an effort to come. To show God, hey, I want, I want you to do something. And then second of all, could we do it without murmuring and complaining? See, that's the thing. But I don't know why the preacher wants us to come. I don't know why we just can't pray at home. Well, you probably do better just to pray at home. I've got a preacher friend right now that, that years ago, he had church every night for the whole month of September one time. Every night. I told, a preacher, I told another friend of mine, he said, my stars. And you know all he told his church? He told them, he said, all I want you to do, if you can't come, just make sure you're here on Sundays and Wednesdays. But we're going to have church every night the month of September. He said, you still can't change my mind. And he said, hey, we had a pretty good crowd every night. Well, let me ask you, if I call for just prayer time, would you come? Would you do it without murmuring and complaining? I would be the one that would call it, but I would still have to ask myself, can, can I go without murmuring and complaining? Matthew chapter 6. I think most of us know we're on the, 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 sermon, the sermon on the Mount. In Matthew 6. And Jesus is teaching them how to pray. He tells them how to do alms. It's how to give to the poor. Verse 5, he said, And, and when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. Verse 5, Matthew 6, verse 5. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou shut thy door, pray to thy Father which, see, which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask Him. So he talks about having a prayer closet. But thou, when thou enterest, but when thou prayest, enter in thy closet... And when thou shut thy door. I'll say it again. Y'all heard me say this. Most of you have. I can get in my prayer closet. I struggle to shut the door. I struggle to tune everything else out of this life. I struggle to get in a place that I feel like that I can just reach heaven and nothing else is bombarding me and that it's just uh, affecting me and coming in on top of me that, that, that I need to get in there and just shut the door. Do we turn our phone off? Or we hear it go bing? And then we wonder, what, what's that all about? Or we hear it ring and somebody is trying to get a hold of us. So is it more important to talk to the Lord or to stop our prayer time and to go answer this phone over here? I mean, I'm just asking a question that I deal with. I mean, I know how my mind works. If I ever get to turn that phone off or turn it down and I hear it sitting in there in the living room and I'm in my study and it goes ping or ding ding or whatever it does, I'm already thinking, I wonder what that is. Is that something I need to look at? Is that something that is important? I can tell you there's probably not that much important that's going to take over your prayer time. Nor my prayer time. So we need to shut the door. He said, but your father which seeth in secret, 
shall reward thee openly. So there is a reward to praying. See, God hears and sees. But we come over just a few verses later in verse 16 after he teaches them to pray, the model prayer right here. In verse 16 he said, Moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head, and wash thy face, and, and, and that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. You know what it means to fast? To give up your necessary food. That's what it means. Now it, it reminds me of what I told you at the beginning of this thing. When, when that mother wanted to see her son get saved. Uh, uh, you know when, when she was going to feed them other men. She said I'm not going to eat. I, I, she said I'm going to go pray. When's the last time we fasted? You say well preacher that's, that's an outdated thing. First Corinthians chapter 7, he's talking about the relationship between the husband and the wife. And he said, Defraud you not the other, except it be for consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer. That's, that's, that's not only New Testament doctrine, that's local church doctrine. That's something we need to be doing today. He said, Not only do you pray, but you fast. You ever fasted? With all my stomach trouble, it's hard to do that much anymore. Because it, it'll make me sick just about. But to see God move, it's 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 worth it. I can remember a few times. Over the years that I've pray, that I've prayed and fasted through revival time and 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 wanted to see God move and and I'll be honest with you, church, I have seen Him move. But I believe it comes through prayer and fasting. And He told His disciples, He said, "Look, He said this this, this kind this kind how be it this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting." So you know what that makes me wonder. You know, y'all know what I'm about to say. Reckon His disciples were not praying and fasting. If it only goes out by prayer and fasting, makes you wonder about things, don't it? So if we wanted to see God move and we were burdened to see God move, would, would we spend time in prayer and would, would we be willing to fast? Would you be willing to fast? Would you be willing uh, to give up your necessary food? Would you be willing to give up a day's worth of meals? Would you be willing to give up two days' worth of meals to see God move, to see God do something? I asked the question. My wife asked the question to me. Reckon why we don't see God move? Well, a lot of times we just don't have faith or we lack in faith. We don't have a burden to see God move and to watch God move and we're not praying and fasting. So how do we see God move? We have faith. We have a burden. And we pray and we fast. He said, well, that's awful simple stuff. It is. But would we do it? Would we, we, would we be willing to do it to see God move in our home, in our family, in our church. Would we be willing to do that to see God move in our life? Let's bow our heads tonight.